Hello, and welcome to the weekly worship podcast for Fuquay Arena United Methodist Church. We think it's important, not just that you listen today, but we would invite you to worship with us today. If you'd like to further engage your faith or the community around you and like to partner with us, uh, please visit our website, fvumc.org, for more information. Also, we'd love to hang out with you on a Sunday morning, whether that's live, online, or in person. Online on Sunday mornings on our website or Facebook page or YouTube channel, you can enjoy the venue with us, which is a worship service crafted for community online, or you can join our live in-person services online at 1010 for our contemporary, 1115 for our traditional. If you'd like to worship in person with us, we have worship at 9 o'clock and 1010 for our contemporary worship services and 1115 for our traditional worship. At the end of the day, we believe that when and where you worship is not nearly as important as that you worship. And so we're so glad to be with you today, worshiping together. Well, what's up, everybody? It's great to be together with you today. Uh, we're continuing on in our sermon series, Life in Boxes, holding it all together. Uh, that's what we're talking about. And today will be uh, no different than that. Uh, I want to start with a, uh, I, I read about this a few weeks ago, but it's uh, actually, I, I read about it in this book called Liter- the Liturgy of the Ordinary. Um, someone asked if there was a book that they could read to help them focus on some of the things that we're working on. That's uh, by uh, Tish Warren. She's an incredible job there, but uh, she talks about this study that was done in 2014. I went back and uh, tried to read a little bit up on it. And uh, here's the gist of it, right? So uh, researchers at UVA took people and put them in a room on a comfortable couch, pleasantly dimmed lights, no windows, and told them to think. Just sit with their thoughts for 15 minutes, for 15 minutes. Uh, some of them got prompts. Some of them just, you know, kind of free form. Whatever you want to think about is fine. Um, and as it turns out, uh, this is what they were studying. And as it turns out, no one really liked doing that. Um, uh, most people sort of share that they had high levels of boredom. Uh, they were disengaged. Uh, and um, some of them just downright uh, hated it, uh, as it turns out. And so... Uh, They then sort of took that and tried to do a bunch of other things. So some people, they would let sit at home. And uh, if people could have music playing or they could look out a window, like things that would allow some stimulation to come in, uh, their enjoyment level went way up. The most troubling part of the whole thing uh, was that somebody uh, on the team had this wonderfully awful idea to put a button in the room uh, that you could press and it would zap you with some electricity. Uh, Now, you would think to yourself, who in their right mind is going to choose to zap themselves with electricity for no good reason? Uh, and as it turns out, quite a few people <laughs> were so bored uh, that they were willing to zap themselves. Uh, I wanted to say that the results were shocking, but I felt like it's too easy. Uh, anyway, 67% of uh, men zapped themselves within the 15 minutes, only 25% of women. So way to go, women. And that's probably why your life expectancy is higher. But I mean, it's just a It's an incredible thought that like people were so bored in that moment that they would, you know, choose like a lab coat version of a dog collar just to, just to create some stimulation in the room uh, rather than sit alone with their thoughts. I I was reading, I was thinking to myself, there's no way, there's no way that would be me. I mean, first of all, I don't like being electrocuted, uh, getting zapped like with static electricity drives me crazy. It's not the thing I like least that is having sticky hands. Uh, Number two is when people like, fake punch me to try and say hello, uh, that are my own age. I guess, uh, I don't know if it's third 
but it's, it's definitely in the top five getting zapped. So I, I feel like that would have been me. And gosh, let's be honest, like 15 minutes of quiet, nobody asking for anything from you. Like, dad, 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 dad. And you're like, yes, what do you need? And they're like, uh, hey, dad. And you're like, I, I already said what? What do you need? Like 15 minutes of calm, cool, quiet. My brain can wander. I can dream and scheme. I can do some strategy work. I could pray. I could just kind of close my eyes and sit within myself for a little bit. All that sounds super relaxing and wonderful. And it sounds like, you know, they'd probably pay me to be one of their subjects. I think this is a great idea. While I am actively in the middle of having these thoughts, this is not a joke. This is legit. Actively in the middle of convincing myself that I would not have been one of the 67% that pressed the button. Um, without bu buzzing, like nothing triggered me. I just picked up my phone instinctively to check my email. And I thought to myself, <sighs> I would have pressed the button. I mean, two to three minutes reading about the study is about all, uh, all I can make it. Even though uh, my soul longs for equilibrium and for peace, uh, even though I want my life to have a purpose, I want to do things with intentionality, uh, even though I want to do good things and godly things and missional things and live a life that makes a difference, that gives itself away, uh, I spend, if I'm honest with myself, a lot of time, a lot of energy uh, giving my best away to other things. That's like a lurking suspicion uh, that I have. Uh, I would say I, I waste time or energy. That's not what I'm saying. And I'm not saying that I uh, give time and energy away to things that are like demonstrably wrong or like not the right things. It's just that I feel like a lot of my best gets burned up in the churn of life. All of the things, all of the responsibilities, all the stuff that's always going on. Like, I feel like it just kind of gets burned away. Uh, and when I show up in the places that I need to show up, I don't don't have what I need to have uh, to bring to bear in those places. Um, there's a word, uh, like a context that gets used in one of the better known stories from Jesus's life. Even if you don't know the story, you may know the names, Mary and Martha. Uh, and uh, Mary and Martha are, and Jesus are all sort of hanging out. And uh, Martha is busy working. Uh, that kind of becomes the moral of the story to some degree. And we're going to talk about it in a later week. So I don't want to go into a great deal of depth with them now. But um, the phrase that gets used to talk about Martha's state of being is that she is overburdened and worried or distracted and anxious. Uh, if you were to look at the word that gets used like real specifically and just try to parse it out, it really means like drawn away from sticking around. Like her mind, her energy, her attention is drawn away from sticking around with the conversation that's taking place because of like all of the, you know, here, there, and everywhereness of the responsibilities that she felt like she had. Like I can relate. I can relate to that feeling. Again, it's not that I'm doing something wrong. It's just that uh, I'm drawn away to other things. My best is kind of getting burned up uh, by the, the ongoing uh, of life. Last week, if you were with us, uh, we talked about reasons that we tend to try and put our life in boxes. Uh, we talked about how we do this as a defense mechanism when life gets chaotic and crazy. We think that by putting things in their right place, by organizing everything into tidy little spheres of life, cubes of life, um, that uh, the chaos will go away. It gives us a sense of control. We make, it, uh, it lures us into believing that we're in control of the chaos. But at the end of the day, the reality is when we do that, when we do that, uh, there's a side effect to it. Uh, the side effect that probably comes most naturally is that uh, the thing that we have 
created these boxes to try and prevent the chaos actually ends up creating it as we run from box to box trying to like keep everything up and running as we try to be one person in one place and another person in another place and meet all the responsibilities and keep all the plates spinning and keep all the balls in the air and keep all the things going and answer all, all the emails. Like we know what that feels like, right? That's a side effect of trying to put our life uh, in boxes. We also named, uh, to get more to the point, that this is not God's design or desire for our life. Uh, God does not want us to put our life in boxes. God wants us to have kind of an integrated life because God desires to heal all of us, like to have access to every part and capacity of our life. Uh, here's the way we said it. Uh, when we put God in a box, that's the box that we talked about last week. When we put God in a box, God can't transform those other places in our life because we've not let God in. A boxed out God cannot transform a boxed in life. That's what we said last week. A boxed out God cannot transform a boxed-in life. And so we want to make a different invitation this fall for all of us as a church collectively, for each of us as individuals. Uh, an, in, an invitation to an integrated life or what we're calling a holistic discipleship. That we are following Jesus, discipleship, we are following Jesus with our whole selves, our everyday lives. Trusting that God does not desire to save only a part or a piece of us, but to save the whole of our lives, offering us a holistic salvation. And so we'll respond to that offer of holistic salvation with a holistic discipleship. Uh, I don't know if this is good news or bad news to you, but we're not the first people to struggle with this, I think. In fact, Paul, who was a pastor in the early church, uh, you know, when first churches were kind of bubbling to the surface and being created, uh, they were already wrestling with this. Um, in, in a letter that he wrote to the church in Rome, which would have been like a collection of churches in the city of Rome, um, he wrote some words that I think kind of get exactly to this. I'm going to read it first from the NRSV, the New, New Revised Standard Version. This is kind of a direct translation. He says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Now, uh, we don't often read the message translation of the Bible. Sometimes the message feels a little bit more like an interpretation than a translation, and I like to start with translations just personally. Um, but in a lot of places, it actually, I feel like, helps me get a better sense of maybe the intention of the words uh, that are being used in Scripture. And one of these places is this passage. Uh, and this was, gosh, half a decade or more ago. Uh, I heard this read, and you've probably heard me use the phrase, everyday ordinary walking around life. Uh, it came from Eugene Peterson's translation of this passage in the message. So I, I thought I'd read it to us today so you can hear it a little bit differently. Here's his translation of it. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you do it. Here's what I want you to do. God helping you do it. Take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for God. Don't become so well-adjusted or well-accustomed to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. And I think like the, the rat race, the constant accessibility, uh, our need to like check our email all the time, like I think that fits into this, right? Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without thinking about it. Instead, fix your attention on God. 
You'll be changed from the inside out, readily recognizing what he wants from you, what God wants from you, and quickly responding to it. Right? It's a great word. That's a great word. Your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life, place that before God as an offering. If you, like me, feel that sometimes you burn up the best parts of what you have to offer in the in-between, I think that we are a perfect example. Those of us who would have uh, zapped ourselves, those of us who checked our email while we were reading about people who zapped themselves, like we're a perfect example that all of us already, all of our lives, like we are offering our lives as a sacrifice to something, right? We're offering our lives as a sacrifice to something, our sleeping, our eating, our work going, our staying at homeness, our walking around life. We are placing it before something as an offering. And when we do, we're taking the gifts that God has given us, the skills and the talents, uh, the things that bring us enjoyment, our hobbies, our talents and abilities that come easily to us, the faculties and capacities that God has given us to be deployed and employed in the service of God's kingdom, like for the building up of the body of Christ, uh, for the witness of the church in the world and the communities in which we serve. And we are sacrificing those gifts, those capacities, those hobbies and skills, those talents. We are sacrificing them on the wrong altar. I say that uh, not to be accusatory. I'm just trying to call things in my own life by their right name. And that's how I would say it for myself. Uh, I once heard it said this way, that our conversion is our commission and that our baptism is our ordination. I believe that all of us are called to use the whole of our lives to serve God by allowing the whole of our lives to be shaped by God for the good of those around us. Let me say that again. I believe that all of us are called to use the whole of our lives to serve God by allowing the whole of our lives to be shaped by God for the good of those around us. What would it look like? for us intentionally, honestly, and earnestly to place the whole of our lives before God as a holy and living sacrifice. To use Paul's words, words that we use when we have communion together, what would it look like for us to place the whole of our lives as a holy and living sacrifice in front of God and to allow God to use the best of us, uh, not to be burned up on the in-between of all the helter-skelter of life, uh, but to be deployed and employed for the good of the building up of the body of Christ, the good of the community that we live and serve in around us, the places that we live and work and play. Uh, we'd love uh, to help you with that. Um, today, if you're with us in person in any way uh, this weekend, um, we're going to give people a chance to hang out after worship at what we're calling a ministry fair. We've collected all the things that happen in and around the life of the church, all the groups and the classes, uh, all of the missions and ministries places where people are using their skills and their hobbies and the gifts that God have given them, um, where they're offering themselves to be shaped and formed. We can put all those things in one place uh, and let people just walk around. Our, our goal is not to just give you more things to do, more boxes to fill, uh, more aspects of your life that create more helter-skelter, um, but our hope is that uh, we're giving options and opportunities to folks who uh, want to make this offering of their best uh, to be deployed in the use of uh, God's service for the building up of the body of Christ, for the work of the mission and ministry of the church. So uh, maybe today is an opportunity uh, for you to find a place to land that can shape your heart and life so that you are ready to be sent. 
Uh, we've heard it said that God doesn't call the equipped, but equips the called. Uh, we're all called by virtue of our baptisms, our place in the church of Jesus Christ. Uh, and so maybe one of these discipleship opportunities can shape and form your heart, um, equip you for the work that you have ahead of you. Uh, we'll also have opportunities, and maybe this is what you most need right now, uh, a place for you to serve with your spiritual gifts, your talents, your skills, your hobbies, deploying and employing them in the right direction for the building up of the body of Christ, uh, hospitality, teaching, doing creative things on the back end, finding the small ways to do the things that you do so well that you love to do um, to benefit the work of the church, the life of the church together. Or perhaps it's to use those same things to serve our community as a collective church. Uh, I read again from Tish Warren, she says, uh, everybody wants to start a revolution, but nobody wants to do the dishes. Uh, we've got some dishes you can do. If you want to go save the world, change the world, uh, create ways to serve our help our church serve the most vulnerable in our community. You want to solve big problems? We got a place for you. Uh, if you just want to sit in the kitchen at Main Street Kitchen and wash the dishes so that we can feed people a meal, we've got a place for you. So you want to start a revolution or do some dishes? Uh, we'd love to help you find a place to land. Um, I believe that all of us are called to live sent, live sent lives. All of our lives uh, are a mission field. We're called to go and serve in all the places that we live and work and play. And, and every time we offer a benediction uh, on Sunday after worship is over, we say, go now into the places that you live, work and play to be the people that God has created and is calling you to be. Like, go be those folks. Scatter uh, and go be those, play, those folks in the places that you live, work and play. I've started to wonder, uh, however, if this is less ascending and more an invitation. Um, if we believe that God is already alive and active and at work in those places, maybe what we need to hear today is God's invitation to come with me. Come with me into the places that you live, work, and play. And let's do some beautiful things together with the best of who you are, with the best of the skills, the hobbies, the gifts, the goodness that I've given you. Uh, so blessings on you as you follow God out into the world to be the people you have been called and created to be. Go in peace. Again, it's been great to worship together with you today. If you would like to engage your faith with the community around you, we'd love to partner with you in that. You can visit our website, fvumc.org, to find out more information on what that looks like or to reach out to us. I'd like to extend another invitation for you to come and join us online or in person on Sunday mornings live. Uh, and while you're on our website, uh, again, if this is a regular place that you find spiritual sustenance, we'd love to partner with you as we serve our community here in the greater Fuquaverina area. Um, fvumc.org slash give would help you uh, join with us in all of the wonderful work that happens in and through this family of faith here at Fuquaverina United Methodist Church. It's been great to worship together with you, and we look forward to doing it again soon.